Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant. Whatever it takes. Start me up. What? Oh, so you're in a better mood? Things went well on the morning show, I'm guessing? No, the morning show was fine, except okay. for, like I said, uh, well, let me run this by you guys, see if you wouldn't be frustrated as well. Frustrated. <clears throat> so on Friday, Let's I had to say deal... psychotic. Would you be psychotic over this? What? What? Um, so anyway... <clears throat> So on Friday, I'm dealing with a couple of corporate people that just don't do their job. They don't check their work. They don't do their job. They just don't do that stuff. So all day last Friday, I was dealing with their F-ups and their mistakes. The whole day on Friday, I had to deal with that. Right? So it's supposed to be my time away from the company. But anyway, I dealt with that all, all Friday. 
So then they, they deliver my wife's birthday present yesterday, but didn't bother to tell us that they had delivered it, didn't knock on the door, didn't ring the bell. As a matter of fact, I had checked online <laughs> just that day, and they said it wasn't going to be delivered for another at least week or two. A week <laughs> or two, but then it showed up that night. Yeah, no email, nothing. Uh, he did not, or they did not, bring the box up to be under the covered area because it was drizzling a little bit yesterday, if you remember. Not a lot, but a little. Didn't bother to bring it up by the front door and just set it there. They left it in the driveway. So I'm dealing with that. And I just said, why don't people finish their work anymore? I just went through this on Friday. I then sit down, and I'm going to watch Twins Classics. Your Minnesota Twins. I want to watch a little baseball. Yeah. Right? Tis the season. <clears throat> Tis the season. But uh, they, they ran the 1980, October 14th, 1987. I think it was game six of the World Series. I believe that's the one. The Minnesota Twins and the St. Louis Cardinals. Right? So I'm going to watch it. Kirby Puckett, Kent Herbeck, Tim Laudner, Roy Smalley, Gary Gaetti. The great team. All the great team. You know, Bernanski, that a-hole. But anyway. <clears throat> Moving forward from there, I look at the descriptor. Now, this is an international show uh, because digital goes around the world. You can watch Hulu in any country in the world, can't you, pretty much? Well, probably not China. I don't know. They have their they own have a Hulu version. Probably. <laughs> They've got the Huawei or whatever it's called. Wait, wait. Huawei? Yeah. Huawei, that's what it, what's called. Well, that's something else, but yeah. So I'm just, finally I can just watch a Twins game and not be annoyed by somebody else's incompetence for once. I turn on the screen and it says, Twins Classics, October 14th, 1987, the World Series between the St. Louis. This is on Twins Classics now, remember. The 1987 World Series between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers. (laughs) Now, first of all, um, check your work. You put up the wrong team. Uh, check your work twice because both those teams, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers, are National League baseball teams. It is not possible for them to play in the World Series because they're both National League teams. Why don't people ever check their work anymore? Why? Okay, so you have been complaining about this forever, violently for like at least 10 years. So yeah, at least, yes. I guess what it is, it's just the new normal. And you're just going to either have to deal with it or be constantly angry. Which is better for your health? We need to bring back consequences. And Where, if you deliver the thing and dump it in my driveway and then I see you, I get to punch you right in the goddamn nose. Isn't going to happen. Why not? You're so unreasonable, Catherine. <laughs> yeah, Catherine. How because you're going to end up in jail. And, no, that, and it will be the poor, downtrodden delivery yeah, that's driver true. That's true. that you know how, how many times do i have to say this <clears throat> tom you're a saint for living with us an absolute are. saint well, I, i'm you. trying to keep him out of jail okay <laughs> oh oh your altruism oh your altruism <laughs> yeah. underwhelms me underwhelms me and out of the psycho house because uh, he seriously was pissed off about it for three hours Really I would be busy. too. Well, that's well, a long were... time to hold on to. They could have stolen that... your birthday present easily. I looked and at... he did nothing to prevent that. Well, that's not true because if I never got the package, I wouldn't. I would not pay. I would figure. I would fight it through my credit card company or something. I mean, something, it, it was yeah. through Costco, so Costco should stand behind their delivery people. Yeah, I would agree. 
if somebody took it. Would you ever think of doing that to somebody? Because I couldn't do that. What? I couldn't just dump somebody's package in the driveway and leave. I couldn't do that. You're not a delivery guy. I would bring it up under the covered area in front of the front door. I would knock on the door, ring the bell. Nobody answers. Nothing I can do about it. I have to leave it there. I don't know. I've had delivery guys that are great. They, if you you see them, they'll be like, hey, where do you want me to bring it? I'll bring it in for you. And some of them are like, no, I'm only paid to do this. Or our insurance only allows us to drop it on the curb. Who knows if that's true or not. But, you know, it just, you're never going to get great workers to do all jobs i don't know why it's your job you get paid for that probably a delivery guy it might be a temporary job you're still getting paid to do it so do your job they probably feel like they're not getting paid enough to do the job quit and get another job and that's the that's in 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 japan uh the the philosophy of work is all work is honorable and you're respected for working all work is honorable agree with that in america all work isn't honorable. Some is, is you know, yeah. the honorableness, if, that, if that's a word, is based on how much you get paid. Well, and Japan if, is a, like a community. Yeah. And America is a country of individuals. Yeah. So there's a lot of... Yes. It's, it's a different different philosophy. That's yeah, it's true. a whole different philosophy. Your whole life, whole different that's philosophy. True. And that's, that's why, that, and so people get angry. <clears throat> They're not getting paid enough for doing some job that they, they look at as being menial. Well, I mean, you, I, you also look at like Amazon, where uh, what's his face is going to be the first trillionaire if Jeff he is Bezos. not. Bezos is already a trillionaire. And his workers aren't getting paid, you know, health insurance. They've got bad working conditions. It's like, it kind of does feel like. This guy's a trillionaire, and I can't get. I asked about that, by the way. I said, "Why is Jeff Bezos such an ardent Democrat of a guy who used to work with him, actually?" And you know what he told me? Is it because he takes advantage of the postal system? Uh, He also loves illegal immigrants to work. He loves that. Oh well, yeah, because he doesn't have to pay him anything. I know. So he can become a trillionaire by feeding off of people who are desperate. That's how it's been for decades. But see, that's the God. whole thing. But, but people are now so much more aware of this, probably because yeah. of social media. I hope so. I mean, that, to me, how do you go to sleep at night with a trillion dollars in your pocket when your people are, you know, not well, having a living wage? I don't get that. don't care. He's probably a functional sociopath. Yeah. You mean like most presidents? Uh-oh. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, oh, oh, I would not doubt ah. that Oof. most presidents are pretty high on the psychopathy Oh, there's index. no question about that. You know, I think you look at it at like corporate, you look at it like corporate feudalism. <clears throat> yeah. You have, this, you have all these people working for them, and they kind of own the property, own right. the property which is the, the trademark. Right. They own that property, and all these people are working uh, at you know whatever wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so certainly, they're not starving, but they're not you know, they're not getting a wage that you'd think, man, a trillion dollars. You know, it doesn't take too many billion. Maybe you could knock off you know two billion of that, and you know you know set up a fund and just you know pay the people better. Yeah, I, well, I, I agree with you. So you set aside a hundred, two hundred billion dollars to do that. So what you'll, what you'll and see, you still have well, another thing too is if if they gave them health care. Um, they wouldn't they be able to write that off as an expense on top of it? I don't really know how that works. I think oh, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, well, he doesn't pay any taxes. Yeah, you know. that's, that's, and that's, they don't pay taxes on top of it. He doesn't pay any taxes on it either. Exactly. So, I mean, something's going on. People so. get paid off. Things. That's what people are mad about. And maybe the truck driver just <clears throat> is sick of this shit. 
We live in a townhouse. Oh, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Over. I want to move over a little I'm bit just here. Saying. Oh, whoa. She, she came out of her chair, Tom. She came out of her chair, across it, to the I'm table at you. Well, every, every time I order something on Amazon, I hate myself a little more. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I've, so, ordered, I've been I, ordering a lot fewer things on Amazon. I know. I try to do Target because they're, you know. And Walmart. Walmart is. Walmart I don't do because I don't think Walmart pays their people all that well. I have bought one thing in my entire life from Walmart. Oh, wait. Well, as of our honeymoon, a couple things because Walmart is literally the only place within like 200 miles of where we went. But before that, I bought one thing from Walmart in my life, and that is cinnamon Pepsi. (laughs) Cinnamon Pepsi. Because they're the only ones that had it. Didn't you hate it? It was gross, yeah. Didn't Walmart like try to go up against Amazon, kind of? Wasn't, well, they, they tried. Wasn't yeah. that, what yeah, was that called? Jets. What was that called? Jet. Was it Jet? I think it was I Jet. I think it was Jet. But if you, if you search for something on the internet, for a product on the internet, Walmart's, um, Walmart's um, service will come up. Walmart's delivery service, virtual service will come up. Yep. Their it store will. comes up. So, so they are entering into that and they're just trying to, they are trying to compete with uh, mm-hmm. Amazon. But, you know, it's good. The, the, the unions are going to come in, and the, they, if they unionize uh, Amazon, boom, problem solved. This could be very cool. The book is called Raised Eyebrows, My Years Inside Grouch Hills House. I, I have to warn you up front, Steve, you're being interviewed by a guy who's jealous, sad, everything I could possibly be because, my God, being around Groucho, what a dream come true. That, you know, one of the best compliments I get uh, when people who read the book is I hate you. <laughs> I, I would hate me too uh, if I met me and hadn't gone through that experience because <laughs> at the time I was like the world's biggest Groucho fanatic and all I ever wanted to do was shake his hand and thank him. Mm-hmm. And instead I got pulled into this remarkable atmosphere where I worked for him inside his house the last three years of his life and was able to spend countless hours of quality time talking with him and meeting his friends and people he worked with in the 30s and 40s. And it just, uh, I never took any of it for granted. It never got uh, pedestrian for me. So uh, I, I accept your envy and jealous of the spirit in which it was given. <clears throat> Thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. I am one of those guys. As a matter of fact, Andy was the one that uh, that called you on the, uh, just a couple of minutes ago to put you on the air. Andy is our son. My wife is here uh, and family, close family friend with us, Dr. Basham, as well. We just watched uh, Laurel and Hardy's The Music Box and Way Out West. I'm sorry, Steve, but you cannot beat that comedy of the Groucho Marx, Laurel and Hardy era. You can't do it. No. And it's funny you mentioned Laurel and Hardy. Well, first of all, Groucho toured with them right. in 1942 on the Hollywood Victory Caravan, which was a bond-selling drive. They, they were on a big train crossing America, and uh, he liked... Laurel and Hardy personally, and then as an example of why people mistakenly think every every celebrity knows every other celebrity and everything about right. them, Groucho was once uh, pulled over for speeding, and the, the cop recognized him and said, let me ask you a question. Why aren't there more Laurel and Hardy movies on TV? <laughs> <laughs> 
first of all, I guess insulting that he wasn't saying, why aren't there more Marx Brothers movies? But the idea that because he was Groucho Marx, he would know why there aren't more Laurel and Hardy movies. Sure, absolutely. But yes, the stuff holds up well, I think, after all these years, except uh, you run into the politically correct crowd that have sort of retroactive political correctness, where they say, why does Groucho have to ogle those attractive women? And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's inappropriate, some of the... That awful word, inappropriate. Yes. But for those that can get past that, and having black porters on trains and Jewish pawnbrokers and all those uh, ethnic caricatures that were just a staple of entertainment for a century, uh, I think the stuff stays remarkably fresh. And in the case of the Marx Brothers, I think it was a really seamless blend of of really intelligent verbal comedy when you have people along the lines of George S. Kaufman and S.J. Perelman writing your material, and then just the physicality. There's, you know, Harpo's pantomime and things like uh, wallpapering Esther Muir (laughs) into the wall with paste. You have this, you know, broad physical comedy uh, and then this really clever, clever stuff that separates them from you know, the Three Stooges or the Ritz Brothers. Yeah. And I think a lot of it stays really fresh after all this time. Steve, I will tell you something. I was a little boy the first time I ever saw it. Margaret Dumont was in a lot of Marx Brothers films. Yeah. And she was at, uh, Groucho was a doctor in this particular feature. And uh, she says to Groucho, I'm not feeling all that well. And he goes, here, take this pill. She goes, why? That's a rather large pill. And he says... Well, you're a rather large pill yourself. (laughs) (laughs) To this day, it makes me laugh. It was a veterinarian in a day at the races who's called in to save the sanatorium that's run by Margaret Dumont. Wonderful. Bad guys are skeptical of his credentials. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's brilliant stuff. The stories. Is it true, Steve? that Groucho and his brothers went to Jack Warner's office for a meeting. He wasn't there, so they started a fire in his office? Uh, Irving Thalberg. Oh, is that who it was? Irving yes. Thalberg, okay. Yeah, you know, the the, the <laughs> character of the Marx Brothers on screen is that they're irreverent and they poke fun at stuffiness and formality. And Thalberg was a very serious man, and he was he was very strict about money and time and all this stuff but and the marx brothers just felt like uh you know we don't like to be kept waiting this long we don't care who he is we were big broadway stars and we were big stars at paramount so so uh when he wasn't in his office they went into his office and locked the door and roasted potatoes in his fireplace naked (laughs) he finally showed up again and to his credit he appreciated the length they went to make their point and he didn't keep them waiting again well you know people don't do practical jokes like that anymore because i guess you know they end up being fired or sued or it's frowned upon or something but it's always wonderful hearing these stories that people would do these outlandish things to make a point and that was certainly true of the Marx Brothers. Steve, I'm sure you get asked the same questions a lot, but but because they're so important in everyone's life, I, sure. I guess that 
How did Groucho get away with saying things on TV that nobody else would have gotten away with? I think because they weren't malevolent. Uh, he wasn't quite like Rickles, just, you know, tearing people apart, right. and attacking their appearance and all that. Plus, you know, there was the smile and, and the, uh, the cigar and the wiggling eyebrows. And uh, I, I think they liked him going into it. They knew him from the film. Yeah. And so they appreciated it. Um, and it was never really, it was never mean-spirited. And it certainly was never uh, outrageous. I mean, if he said something that was at all questionable, it hit the cutting room floor before the, the thing aired. So you didn't really see anything heavy duty and people liked him which i think goes a long yeah. way mm-hmm. yeah steve it, it, did did it reach the air the woman with the i believe eight children when he referred to his cigar did that uh, make the air that you know it's an interesting story but and i'll try to tell briefly it did and it didn't happen it happened <laughs> how's that <clears throat> yes and no uh, it when in the first season when it was only on radio forty seven, he had a fa- uh, a woman on uh, Mrs. Story from Bakersfield, California. This was told to me by Bernie Smith, who was the show's head writer, okay. and actually kept a log of all of the contestants, all the secret words, and how much money they won over the twelve years the show ran, and. She said she had 12 children, and Groucho said, why do you have so many children? And she said, well, I believe it, it's our purpose, on uh, God's purpose on this earth is to have children, and I love my husband. And he said, well, I, take a, I like my, love my cigar, too, but I take it out of my mouth once in a while. <laughs> now, that got a blast of laughter from the studio Whoa. audience. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, of course, it never aired on radio, uh... but word of it got out. So you get a lot of people who say, I'll never forget that. I remember sitting there watching that. Yep. It's like yep. you either have come to believe you remember it, or you've heard it so often. Mm-hmm. The same thing with uh, Dr. Rodale dying on the Dick Cavett show. Right. It never aired, but people say, oh, my God, I was sitting there. It's like, no, you're either lying <laughs> or you've come to believe it. So the same thing with the cigar thing. People will say it's apocryphal, and it's like, well, it's in the sense that it wasn't on television and didn't air, it's apocryphal, but it was uttered and remembered, but never saved in 1947. So that's the short answer to your question. Did they, I, yeah, it's wonderful. Did they ever break up or have big studio problems like it seems like everybody did back in those days or still do? But uh, Break up, you mean amongst themselves? Yeah, did anybody or, say, I'm going to be the star and go off and be... No, the, you know, it was interesting. They really they didn't have ego problems that way. However, Chico, and that's the correct pronunciation of his pronunciation of his name because he huh. chased chicks <laughs> and uh. a great many of them uh, <laughs> he, wonderful he used to say to his wife he used to say honey they're just mistaking me for harpo because they look similar without their wig oh. and then uh he he and his wife were waiting for an elevator and the door opened and a woman came out and and stuck her finger in Chico's cheek and said, Hi, Chicky Wicky. <laughs> and after she left, <clears throat> Betty Mark said, uh, Don't tell me she thought you were Harpo. 
Anyway, <laughs> he was a compulsive womanizer and a compulsive gambler. Oh. I mean, it really was like an illness with him. He would he would throw away good cards in a game just to make it more interesting. He would bet someone a hundred dollars which of two raindrops would reach the bottom of a taxi cab window first. <laughs> so he he would go through all his money and Harpo and and Groucho would have to bail him out. So that was a frustration. It was sort of an ongoing problem with Chico, but there was never acrimony like, I'm sick of working with you or you you right. putting <laughs> us through this. I think it was I think when they did break up it was just like they got tired of doing the same thing over and over again um i know groucho said when he was doing a night in casablanca in 1946 he's already 55 or 56 and chico and groucho chico and harpo were older than him and he was uh, hanging from an airplane, and he just thought, there's got to be a better way to make a living. <laughs> yes. <coughs> Steve, so, uh, I, I have a question. When Harpo went on, uh, they would tour um, Vegas and different clubs and do music and comedy. And then Groucho wisely got rid of the grease paint mustache and grew his own, and that's when the whole second career of You Bet Your Life took over. Mm. So it was never an acrimonious thing. It was just like facing the music. That makes total. Steve, do you do you have a few more minutes? Uh, because our our, tar, our time is running to an end, but we'd love oh, we'd love to hold sure. on if we could. Sure. All right, we'll be back in like two minutes more with Steve Stolier. Is it pronounced Stolier? It is. I was ready to correct you, but you got it right, and I had nothing to say. A rare <laughs> I had nothing. To, well, I have nothing to say. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back with the family. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses. Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business. When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop. We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come. Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy. Well, let's not get crazy, Brad. Seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member, FDIC, and equal housing lender? Listen up, drivers. Are you doing the same thing every day, driving the same hours, making the same money? Well, stop and listen. Priority Courier Experts has a wide range of driving opportunities available right now. So if you're a professional driver or determined to become one, we can show you the benefits of partnering with Priority. Hey, Forrest, can you tell the good drivers of the Twin Cities which vehicles Priority has available in their lease-to-own program? Well, I'd really like my friend Bubba to help me with this. Forest, we have dock trucks, tractor-trailer trucks, flatbed trucks, curtain-side dock trucks, flatbed Moffat trucks, Ford Transit and Transit Connect Vans trucks. Hey, Forrest, shouldn't we have a shrimp truck? Bubba, 
I think you're on to something there. There you have it. Every kind of vehicle you could imagine, all doing same-day deliveries in town. Call Priority right now, and we'll get you on the road. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. I guess this one's got a bit of buildup. Yeah, apparently it's a buildup. Steve Stolier, our special guest, ladies and gentlemen. You know, Steve, we've... uh, during the break there, we're sitting there talking about the Marx Brothers. We're talking about Laurel and Hardy. Then we start talking about the Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. I do hate you. I want you to know that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Again, I accept your hate in the spirit in which it is hurled <laughs> at me. With Best me. possible way. What a great life. So this segment, if you have a few minutes, I'd like to hear about your experiences. And thank you so much for being patient with us about talking about because we're obviously huge fans, and it's very exciting to talk to anybody about Groucho Marx. Believe oh, me. it's my pleasure. Believe me, I've got, I got the whole spectrum of people's familiarity with the Marx Brothers uh, doing various radio shows and podcasts and so on. And initially, the publicist would just say, you're going to be on in, uh, in Cleveland and at 4.30 a.m. your time, and uh. I'd set my alarm and get up. And you never quite knew what the level of familiarity was and i remember one guy and i swear he was serious he said now let me ask you this which was the brother that played the harp (laughs) and i wanted Mm. to say take a wild guess (laughs) but i was civil and explained the names and all that so uh, it's a pleasure to talk to someone that that uh, loves and appreciates the Marx Brothers as we now rocket well into the 21st century. That was something else that, uh, you know, Groucho was born in 1890, so he was literally a Victorian. Uh, I mean, she was was on the throne for another 11 years. Uh, They were all born in New York. But I came to appreciate Groucho not just because he was that man, the one with Margaret Dumont and mm-hmm. Selma Todd and, and all that cavorting, but he was this man from 1890 whose first-hand memories went from before the Wright brothers to after the moon landing, Jeez. which is just a staggering chunk yeah. of American history. I said to him once, uh, how far back do you remember? And he sought a moment, and he said, I guess the Spanish-American War. <laughs> well. 98. Probably true. Even, you know, as you might know, the Marx Brothers started off as a singing act mm-hmm. before they threw comedy into it. And Groucho actually was on the bill at the Metropolitan Opera House in New York. Uh, same bill as Enrico Caruso. God. And it was to raise money to help the victims of the San Francisco earthquake of 1906. Wow. He was 16. So, and it, I mean, he was this living link to the 19th century, plus knowing so many immortals personally. I mean, as friends, George Gershwin and Irving Berlin and James Thurber and W.C. Fields and, you know, that, that he... You know, we think of them in, in black and white and two-dimensional, but he knew them as people to hang out with. So it was just, you know, I was 20 years old uh, and just a huge Marx fan, and I got the job by starting a petition drive at UCLA where I was going to college to put pressure on Universal to re-release Animal Crackers, which was caught in a legal snag. Oh. And they didn't think there was any reason to spend money on an old black and white movie 
but all my friends were Marx fanatics, and it was the great missing link in their canon. I mean, we now we just punch a button, and there you can see whatever you want from YouTube or streaming or something. But back right. then, no one had seen Animal Crackers in decades. And uh, Groucho came to UCLA to uh, help us with our... I said, Groucho, I am very happy to be meeting you after all this time. And he said, well, you should be. (laughs) (laughs) Love him. Aaron Fleming, who was this woman that was, like, in charge of his life at the time, said, this is Steve Stoliar. He's trying to get Animal Crackers re-released. And Groucho said, did you get it? And I said, not yet, but we're working on it. He said, well, you better or I'll fire you. <laughs> well. I, said, I didn't even realize I was working for you. <laughs> and he said, a little less than nothing. <laughs> a little less. So I, I like, had to keep pinching myself that I'm sitting there surrounded by students and the press, the cameras, uh, talking about this 1930 film of theirs and realizing that I'm sitting with my idol and uh, Universal finally relented and put the film out, and it broke the box office record at the UA Westwood that had been set by the French Connection several years earlier. So it was extremely gratifying to see a long line of people in Westwood waiting to see this old Marx Brothers movie. And then I was rewarded with this plum job of working in Groucho's house, handling his fan mail and correspondence, and organizing all of his memorabilia to be later donated to the Smithsonian. So I was like ankle deep in in personal photos and vaudeville stuff and annotated (laughs) scripts and letters and just an amazing, amazing experience to go through at that age. And meeting... Bob Hope and Mae West and S.J. Perelman and Steve Allen and Jack Lemmon and Zeppo and Gump. Zeppo and I dated the same girl. (laughs) She was 19, I was 20, and he was 74. (laughs) So it was a May, December of the following year. (laughs) Two December. I have that distinction of saying Zeppo Marks and I dated the same girl. I think it's magnificent. I, I, uh, I tell you, Steve, one of the great memories I have of being, I guess, probably in my teens, late teens, early 20s, is watching Groucho Marx wearing the same hat, go on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Those were some of the greatest TV moments ever. Right. Carson and also Dick Cavett show. Yeah, absolutely. It was yeah. wonderful. It's so great that they're available now, either on YouTube or, or DVD. Uh, again, as I say, now all you have to do is press a button and you could see them. Yep. But it really, yeah, it was wonderful. It was Groucho in his 70s, you know, without any real worries, comfortably set, just sitting there conversing in front of adoring audiences. Huge audience, as a matter of fact. So they were set. They didn't have big, you know, you hear big problems with people stealing their money or the studios well, didn't pay them. Harpo, Groucho and Harpo were okay. But Chico, Chico died in 61, and he really, he went through everything. As quickly as he got the money, he went through oh, it. Oh, the so gamble. the others were bailing him out. And Zeppo kind of picked up where Chico left off in terms oh. of gambling and womanizing. Uh, he, he, at one point, was married to 
Barbara who divorced him for Frank Sinatra. Oh, Barbara, yeah, the very famous they met Barbara. In Palm Springs, where Zeppo and Barbara were living. So she dumped him for Sinatra. Well, well, then he dumped her for uh, what's her face? Uh, what the who did Sinatra did? Yeah, you know, who was he married to again? The young, much younger uh, woman. I don't. Oh, who Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow. Yeah. Years earlier. That was years earlier, though. That's right. Steve Solier, ladies and gentlemen, S T O L I A R. Steve Solier. The book is called "Raised Eyebrows: My Years Inside Groucho's Heart." Uh, house, house, not yeah. heart. That would have. That was me. <laughs> that was me. He's in my heart. You're in my heart now too, Steve. <laughs> okay. Raised eyebrows. My years inside Groucho's house. Steve Stolier, S T O L I A R. You can get the book everywhere, particularly on Amazon. Obviously, Steve, we got to have you back on again. We need to talk comedy more often. It was my pleasure. I'd be happy to ramble on about whatever you like, Tom. You're a, you're a good man. I don't hate you. I love you, Steve. I just want you to know I love oh, you, Tom. Now you've ruined it. You've spoiled <laughs> it. <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, sir. Have a Bye. good day. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there, in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. I love Alan. I was supposed to be when introducing him this weekend or last weekend. Oh yeah. Got it on my calendar. When is it? Friday. 
this Friday, this Friday? or yes. is it last yeah. Friday? No, it's this Friday on my calendar. Well, he's not coming. He's not coming. Well, I, I can re- delete that from my yeah, event you don't calendar. Need that. Well, he pisses me <laughs> off. I get a chance to introduce Alice Cooper and then that. <laughs> Lame-ass disease. Is, is, that, is COVID a thing anymore? Oh, my God. Yes, Mom. <laughs> Just because you decided it's not doesn't why mean it's gone. Why, oh, is yeah. thing? why is it a thing? Because I mean, everybody's still out and everybody's still dying. Well, well, I guess we'll find out one way or another in a big way in two weeks. Yeah, two weeks we'll know. Yeah, yep. you're right. I don't know what to tell you, ladies and gentlemen. So what's up? <laughs> well, I was going to read... Um, some uh, facts here about yours truly, and I'm not about you. Yeah, and I'm not bragging. It's, this is it's okay if you are. We'll allow it. <laughs> Where you go, JB? <laughs> but you. Uh, first of all, I want to bring up at uh, Wyzetta High School parking lot on this Thursday from eight to two. There's a uh, food drive, and it's called Stack the Semi. So if you want to stop by from 8 in the morning to 2 in the afternoon this Thursday, June 11th, they'll be taking donations. Um, my buddy, uh, Webby, well, Chris Weber, but we call him Webby. You will have be, other friends? Yes, Dare I do. Other than us? What? <laughs> I guess we're on the outskirts. Is he white? Yes, he is. White. No, JB. <laughs> yes, Chris is. Well, you know I play baseball, so all yeah. of and guys. Ho- and hockey. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, if you can stop by with some donations for that. Where uh, is this again? At Wyzetta Senior High. Wyzetta. Their Part parking lot. Yeah. Magnificent. But I'm going to read some fact of facts about fact. Yeah, there's only one uh, facts about myself, and then um, then I'm going to ask a question at the end of it. Okay. Do I get to judge if you're lying or not by <laughs> the question? <laughs> no, these are all true. They're all true. Okay. They're all true. First person, first black person to attend. The Fred Wapple, and yes, that was Fred's last Fred name. Fred Wapple. Yeah. <laughs> summer camp for uh, student athletic trainers at the University of Missouri in the summer of 78-79. Uh, first member of my immediate family to attend a major university, not a small college or a community college. First black athletic trainer in the history of the University of Minnesota in the fall of 1980. That's when Bill and those guys called me Soul Train. Soul Train, baby. That was <laughs> That's 40 an years ago. statistic, though, that you were the first. Yes. What, were you, yeah. like seven? No, I was 18. In 1980? Yes. God, I can't believe you're so old. <laughs> and I'm old, man. I'm, I'm old. old man. I'm old. Then I, then I became the first black student manager for Gopher Football because I had to switch over because... They could pay me, and the training room couldn't because they, they ran out of contracts. In the winter of 1982, became the first black student at the University of Minnesota to be a part of an intramural ice hockey championship team. Where, that, where was? Were there any other Breaking players? Breaking barriers, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know what I was saying? We don't play that game, so. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. In 1983, became the first student manager to uh, become an M man. In 1986, became the first black person to be a part of a, co- 
uh, a major commercial radio morning drive show in the God, Twin I Cities. I where that happened. Why'd you go on a racist show? Yeah. <laughs> I never understood it. And, Such and, an evil guy. Evil, horrible racist. <laughs> yeah. And the last fact is, um, in the mid-90s, became the first black president of a youth hockey association and later director of hockey operations for a youth hockey association. Um, my question is, to not only you guys, but to the listeners, um, could you imagine every time I took one of those steps how I felt? You're kind of disappointed in the radio part, weren't you? <laughs> that was probably the, was probably the downturn in your yeah. life. That was the low light. Where everything went wrong. <laughs> and not only how I felt, but what I might have come across. You didn't uh, come across. You really? Did you think you came across some like... Uh, oh, I'm no, sure. no, no. I said what I came across, not how I came across. No, but I, what you came across, like a little racism? In some cases. Really? Yeah. On the KQ morning? <laughs> no, not there. <laughs> I'm going to keep pushing that button. Over. Yes, you are. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But like I said, because it was funny. I made, I made the joke about Bill and Ken Foxworth and Marion Barber II. Right. And other guys who were uh, older, older than me that were football players. When, I, when they first walked in the room... Uh, the training room and looked at me and they said, where are you from? I said, St. Louis. And they said, what position do you play? And I said, I'm a student trainer. Mm-hmm. They literally ran around the room and high-fived <laughs> each other like we had won the, we had won the <laughs> national title. There you go. And it's like, what the, and then I've, you know, then you start to find out that, you know, as other teams, you, you know, other teams came in to play us and this, that, and the other. I didn't see other people like me. No. Well, yeah. Yeah. you have to remember. Um, okay, so we have this neighbor who's, what is she? She's like 80, something, 80. I think she's 80. Oh, you're talking about Beverly? Yeah, and she yeah. went to Southwest High. Yeah. And she said they had, I think she said they had either 8 or 11 black people in the entire high school, and they were considered integrated. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Back then, when I went to high school, and I am, I am a bit younger than (laughs) not much, but I am a bit younger than (laughs) eighty. When I was in high school, granted, it was a small, very small high school. We had two black people in my high school. So high school, okay. In my high school, I had none in my elementary school. None. Okay, so I'm just the the fact that I mean Minnesota was just it was it was filled with white people. There just weren't very many yeah, black there were not people. Many black there just people. weren't, and That's I mean, true. so Beverly. Ooh. It's all right, Beverly's okay. fine. I shouldn't say her name. I don't have to say your last name. Okay, um, I don't even know her last name. Actually, this eighty-year-old woman I was speaking. She yes, is, she's, exactly. she, she's a teacher, but I mean, can you imagine? It's like and Southwest is huge high school. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's where my son went to school. Yeah, gigantic high school. I mean, I don't even know what the what the numbers are now, but in in, in eighty years, well, okay, she was in high school, so let's say seventy years ago, sixty five years ago, whatever it is, it's a big change. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it's just, it's amazing how different the world is now. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't, shouldn't have changed faster or better or whatever, but it takes, I mean, to go from like zero. Yeah, it takes, <laughs> it takes time. You know, it, for some people, that's a big yeah. shift. But and I mean, it's not doesn't make it right or whatever. But no. I just I just don't think personally. I think what you know, I think it's all great. I think it should be happening. It is happening. It has happened. I didn't think we were he's still here. I thought we were done with being worried about people's skin color yeah, and we, sexuality we and everything else. I really <laughs> thought we were done. I, I'm I'm shocked that we're, that we're still there. We're on our own thirty-five yard line. Thirty on your own. You're not even a. We haven't even crossed midfield yet really? in this country. No. Why is this? I just don't understand. Because there's no money in it. Because, like I said, I grew it's up. It's all with about money. Two it's kids politicians. In, two kids yeah. in my high school, and now I work with people of color all the time. I know. Yeah. Lots of people from all kinds of different things now that I never knew any when I was younger. Yeah. It's like I just really thought that we were done with it. Can I tell everybody something? I met lovely Catherine almost 40 years ago and I had to kind of upgrade your lingo yeah because you literally call black people Negroes when I first I met you. did not. You just I did not. That was my roommate do. from what that was the tiny little town from down south. She was from. I did not. Like Negro. I did not. <laughs> no, I did not. No, she said Negroes. Negro. Yeah, that's right. She, she said Negro. She did. Yeah. Oh my God. She was. From, she was from a tiny little town in south southern Minnesota, and, 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 and the first time, the first time she said. It. I was like, that's a new one on me. Yeah. And plus, she's butchering Negro. <laughs> she butchered yeah. Negro. I'm like, she I, did. It's true. Get like, the offensive right. <laughs> yeah, get your offensive she, stuff right, will you? She, she didn't mean anything by yeah. it. That's just, she thought it was, yeah. they it was were the, called Negroes, yeah. Yeah. But I would, it was not me, you liar. <laughs> was, I didn't get any reaction out of you from it. That was a good part. Yeah. We, back, uh, back when I when we first met, that was the words you were supposed to use were African Americans. Mm-hmm. African Americans, yes, absolutely. No, it was Afro. Afro American. Yeah, it wasn't African. Afro American. Okay. Afro American. Okay, was something like that. That's what people wanted it to be called. I thought that's what we were told. So that's what I said. Yeah, it was the struggle between black and Afro American. Mm -hmm. We we were were walking away from the word colored. Colored. C U L U D. That's why when they started saying people of color, that sounded more like that to me. People of color, yeah, instead yeah. of color, colored people. Yeah. But now you say... <laughs> I don't know. I think it's people if, of color mostly, right? Yeah, people yeah. of color, or if you're talking about a black person, you're supposed to say black people, or a black person. You're not supposed to say a person of color, you say black person. You're not supposed to say person of color, why not? No, you can say person of color <clears throat> if it's like, or people of color, if you're talking about like black people, Eastern Indian people, yeah. like mixed race people, you can say that, but if it's a black person, you're supposed to just say black. We'll see if if, uh, JB agrees. We're rocking out, man. Darn damn you. That's all I have to tell you. (laughs) 
Catherine, can you handle this job or not, for Christ's sake? You know, you're walking on thin ice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you should have heard what she said about... <laughs> there we go. It's the most odd receiver remote thing ever. We were I laughing know. about this morning on, on uh, trial and error. When they everybody say, you know, Northeasterners, <laughs> they're yeah. talking about Jews. It's like that's real nice. Yeah. Good God! Uh, no, I. But the reason why I brought this list up was to point out that there still might be in this country, and it's sad to say, some people experiencing their first connection with somebody of a different race. Yeah, maybe. Really. Yeah, I mean, it it shouldn't be, but there probably is. But, I mean, that was, 1980 was, what, 30, 40 years ago? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and for, you know, and I didn't notice it because most of the people were pretty receptive and, well, and, and very understanding. Did you come from a family that told you that you couldn't get anywhere because of your skin color? Did they no, discourage my, you? And tell no, you? I, I came from, a, my dad was the opposite. And I don't know if you heard this in your neighborhood, black parents told their kids this, you had to be better than white people to get ahead. Jews, too. Jews, that's Jewish funny, parents yeah. told their that's kids that, too. That's what my friend Joyce, yeah, yeah that's what yeah. her parents always said to her. They didn't tell you you couldn't. They told you you had to be better. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you always... You know, worked what, harder and did this and whatnot. You said in my neighborhood you use the word. What, what does the word parents mean? Now, parent, I know, but do. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's that? I, I said parents. <laughs> parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a whole different deal, mm-hmm. a whole different setup. Well, it's but kind it, of weird. Like, for me, I grew up in Bloomington. I went to Bloomington schools, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you have Richfield and Minneapolis. And in high school, I grew up with a... A combination of suburb, you know, the suburb kids, but mm-hmm. then we also had North Minneapolis kids bus to our school. Right, yeah. Right. So I had like a, there was a weird, weird split in the school when that started happening, oh, and I it suppose, started yeah. causing rifts. And I, you know, I was just one of those people of friends with everybody. Which but. Bloomington school did you go to? I graduated from Kennedy. Oh, you and Herbeck. Yep, Herbeck. Uh, His sister Carrie. Carrie. To everybody still parties at her place and for firemen's. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> that's the spot to go is Carrie Herbeck's house. Um, I don't know if they're going to have firemen's this year because of the whole COVID thing. I guess they yeah. just released all Bloomington public pools and everything will be closed for the season. Really? Oh, they're all going to be closed because mm-hmm. some of them are going to open in other cities. That makes me yeah, sad. I, Very sad. I, I'm assuming it could be a to-be-determined type thing, maybe yeah. as of now. It has been proven that if you're... Okay, I understand. They would have to social distance. They would have to mm-hmm. have half probably the people that... And, keep everybody sort of but i guess that's the problem is how do you keep kids away from each other mm-hmm. but it's in water that coronavirus supposedly doesn't like it's right. in chlorinated right. water right. which it really doesn't like it really doesn't well like a lot that. of these yeah. public pools though they do have playground sets and stuff in the pool yeah, they do. so yeah. they would yep. have to constantly sanitize that i could yep. understand <clears throat> i say that let's part. just all get it and move on <laughs> Speaking of sanitizing, you know, before the show started, I ran down the hall to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do a turd report? Well, there was a guy bearing <laughs> down, report. and it was literally like, 
<laughs> he did the moan thing. Oh. Yep, he is going to do it too. Did he tell him to bear down and breathe? Bear down, baby, bear down. Come on. Oh, my God. Get off your ass and tell him how Chris, it's done. Was that Chris Rock that did a... He was in the toilet and somebody was straining and he says, you know what always helps me is rocking back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> oh I think it was Chris Rock. <laughs> Just rock back and forth on the toilet. I love that. That's very I know. Funny. One of my favorite Chris Rock bits is when he was talking about Michael Jackson going to court for his last trial. Phenomenal. <laughs> he said he was going to court looking like Captain Crunch. <laughs> Captain Crunch. Wasn't that looking like Captain Crunch? Oh, God, he's so he was, man, was he funny. Yeah. Still is. I don't see him around much anymore. He's probably got way too much money. He doesn't want to come he's out of the house. He's got way too much money. Well, he did that once, because he... He has supposedly signed a deal like um, Chappelle, Chappelle yeah. to do multiple things on Netflix, and well, he's only they have done turned one. on Chappelle now. That sucks. What is that all about? Who's turned on everybody? Because apparently yeah. they, his last special, they didn't like the oh, topic. The, oh, the sticks and stones. Well, yeah, they need to toughen up. I agree because Bill Burr um, followed his special up mm-hmm. even harder. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> oh, I've watched them all. But I think. <laughs> I've watched them all. <laughs> um, yeah, because when uh, Eddie Murphy hosted SNL, they had Chris Rock, uh, Dave Chappelle. Oh, my God. Oh, Tracy Morgan. That's who is. Yeah. And yeah, so I'm wondering if, yeah, if he's lumping in with the whole net. Because even Dave Chappelle mentioned, he goes, you have all of Netflix's budget right here on stage. Yeah, exactly. Everybody has specials, and That's true. Uh, including Eddie Murphy. So, I don't know. I hope so. I love Chris Rock. I think he's... Oh, he's hilarious. He's hilarious. <clears throat> love it. But he's, Indeed. you know, he's going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. He is? Or, yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he... And he talks about it in his special. He screwed up. And cheated on his wife. Oh he, God! Do you want to do that? And he's paying the. He said he's paying the price, and I think he wound up with the kids. What? He did. Yeah. Oh really? Maybe they're unruly children. Have fun. You stay here. You take the assholes. <laughs> he, he, ta- he talks about everything he had to go through to get the kids. Yeah. And being like, so what will their room? You know, when he was in court, what were their room looks like? look like and how will you handle them and all these different things God. and he's like man i i went through all that and i was like whoo mm. but yeah he he went through a, he went through a divorce and he and he blames himself for well, being he stupid cheated on his wife he probably yeah. should blame himself That's for fair. being stupid <laughs> well, the courts it. are awarding him children there might be something wrong with his former wife i don't know because that's very rare for a court is, not to yeah. give the mother custody at all so i don't know well usually it's shared custody right right yeah Everything like shared yeah. custody unless yeah yeah i mean luckily with properties. substance abuse yeah, or mental yeah yeah because like with my divorce i didn't even have we didn't have to go to court we just mediated it 50 50 you know so there's yeah, but chris rock's got it shit ton yeah. of money. Yeah. <laughs> got a few dollars. Gonna, no doubt about it. There's going to be feuding. There's always going to be feuding when there's a shit feuding. ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing will ever top. There's black people and then there's other black people. <laughs> That's the only way I can put it. One of the funniest bits of all time. Ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. Well, he said 
the other black people were the ones who ruined everything for black people. Exactly, ruined everything for black people. <laughs> it was very funny. Very, very God, he's a funny guy. No doubt about it. He used to be. He had him on a cakey morning show a few times, but then all of a sudden we got big. He didn't do radio yeah. anymore. Well, he got in trouble for saying things like that. Yeah. Why? It's funny. Because I guess you, you have, could say it. I don't know. It's all but my. It, oh. For a very short period, they had the PBS special of uh, Dave Chappelle receiving the uh, Mark Train Train. Twain. Twain. Mark Twain. <laughs> Twain. Oh, uh, Shania Twain. <laughs> Award. Shania Twain. <laughs> Award. Award. Mark Twain Award. Award. Thank you. Samuel and, Clemens Award. Yeah. That would have been a lot easier. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the you know the special you know the the show that they do when you receive the award, mm-hmm. and it stayed on Netflix for like that long. It really? popped on, and then it's... I wonder why gone. that is. I have no idea, but yeah, it was... weird. It was funny, and all Get Out, and his mother was there, and he made... He kind of made fun of his mother in the sense of how she raised him, and his... And it, and it was pretty adult, strong language, and his, there was this teenage daughter sitting there, and she's kind of like... I'm sure she's used to it. He grew up in Bed-Stuy, yeah. didn't he? He grew up in Bed-Stuy, didn't he, in New York? Yeah, originally, and then the family moved to uh, Ohio. And he, But he freely admits that he, when he hangs out with a lot of rappers and whatnot, his experience is totally different than theirs. Yeah, yeah I could see that. So oh, sure, yeah. He's a very funny guy. Do you think we need another Richard Pryor right now? I think we do. We could use Richard Pryor right about now. Because he would be just straight ahead about it. He was amazing. I mean, he, he was really unbelievable. Trump Changed comedy forever. Everything's been, everything's politicized now. It everything. is, yeah, everything's you gotta, you gotta, You've got a comedy routine that talks about this stuff and, you know, gets real. Well, somebody's not going to like it and they're going to ruin I your know. life. It's just unbelievable. I know. When, when we were on the phone yesterday, you were talking about ruining somebody's life. I didn't get the, uh, the fact that you were talking about the mayor of Minneapolis. <laughs> was Tom trying to ruin the mayor of Minneapolis? No, no, he's other Again? I, st- I stood, stuck up for him for once. What? Yeah, I heard you this morning. Stuck you stu- up, you stu- up for stood, stood, him. Stuck up for him. Stuck up for him. Stuck up for What day of the week is it, Tevin? What day is it? Saturday. <laughs> we got to take a break. We'll be right back with Kostaki Economopolis next. Hey, the stop thing works. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Hey, it's Tom again from my friends at Profile. Let's face it, when it comes to losing weight, most of us don't care how we get there. 
but once we reach our goal, we end up right where we started and gain it all back. That's what I love about Profile. Profile's in it for the long haul. Profile knows that losing weight isn't always a straight line. There are lots of ups and downs. I'm so thankful my Profile coach, Danette, is there to really keep me on track when I need it most. I cannot say enough about Profile. I tell Kelly at Profile that it's changed my life, and it can change yours, too. There's no question about that. Profile has six metro locations as well as Mankato, St. Cloud, and Rochester. Don't wait. I am telling you, I absolutely believe in Profile. That is a fact. Call today or visit ProfilePlan.com for a location near you. Visit ProfilePlan.com. That's ProfilePlan.com. Owen mentioned promo code KQRS for a special discount. ProfilePlan.com. That's ProfilePlan.com. Hey, I just got out of the meeting. I can't even tell you how different it was from what I expected. Well, you know, I'm uncomfortable interviewing in the first place, but I didn't feel that way there. Everything they said made sense to me. Yeah, and Priority is the largest same-day delivery company in the Twin Cities. And after all these years of doing it for someone else, I'm ready to be part of something bigger. A job? That's what I have now. You know I need more. Driving is what I do, and Priority Courier Experts is where I want to do it now. I know, and that's the best thing about it. I could never afford to buy a truck like that on my own. But tomorrow, because they believe in my skills, I'm taking out the first brand new truck that I'm going to own on the last payment. I can't wait to be in their fleet. I can't wait to be the next expert on the road. After 20 years of driving side-by-side on the road with these guys, of course I'm excited. And all I did was check out Priority.com. Easy. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. No Greeks today. We've decided against it. Greek-free day. If I do a little it's a Greek free day. Greek-free Monday. I like it. Kostaki, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm a fan of Dave Chappelle. I had, had a chance to work with him in uh, Dayton years ago. He's a, he's a good one. Yeah, he's amazing. There's no, there's no yep. getting around. I used to love that TV show of his. <laughs> I used to love oh, his yeah. TV God. show. It was unbelievably he's, he's funny. brilliant. Mm-hmm. Really funny. And I love the family, the white family who was named the Big N. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was, he come, hey, Big N's, how you doing? Yeah, he's the milkman. He for breakfast, he's he doing his response. <laughs> God, that was funny. Well, Neil, Neil Brennan, his uh, co-writer, yeah. or co-producer of whatever his title was, his running partner, uh, was on ESPN last, radio last week. And he, um, they were getting, you know, what do you think about this, that comments from Neil. And Neil said, isn't it interesting, we have a president who, uh, when COVID first hit, let the states all deal with their, with their own way of handling it. But when the riots broke out, he was going to save every state in the union. He was? Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even pay attention <laughs> yeah, to that stuff was, anymore. He was going to re- release the military police to save every state in the union. Well, there you have it, because they <laughs> needed all the help in New Hampshire they can get. <laughs> a lot of trouble. How's it going in California? Are you? Are, are your riots winding down? 
I don't know. It's I, you know, the helicopter activity has faded over the last few days. That's okay. one measure. Um, I will occasionally take the bike out for a ride and kind of go check things out here and there. But for the most part, because of COVID, we're we're staying home. Uh, I did on the day that I did ride around. I thought it was uh, it was cool. People were friendly, and there wasn't. I mean, there was sort of this quiet tension, but it was. They had this sort of brotherly vibe about it, and nice. cars would kind of slow down and throw water bottles out to protesters, <laughs> and there was kind of a cool, I was I was impressed with the general vibe the day that I kind of wandered around. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I feel like it's, on the other hand, you know, there were some areas that were completely, like Sunset Boulevard was shut down with Humvees and soldiers with machine guns. It was kind of jarring to see yeah. it, you know. Um, so it's, you know, we're, we're having the full experience here. It's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to watch for sure. Um, I brought along some, uh, silly distraction comedy, if you're ready for that. Love it. <laughs> please, please, God. <laughs> please. <laughs> right. yeah, How's I've, that for a professional segue? I've <laughs> shaken them up enough today, uh, Kostaki. See, I got it right today. I didn't hey. call him cocky. Cocky Staka. <laughs> <laughs> Most comics are the opposite of cocky. We're, we're like, uh, you know, self-conscious and nervous and hesitant. Uh, well, so well, today I've met I a few along... that are kind of cocky. Yeah. I'll tell you that. He said most. There's some. Yeah, there's some. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I've been thinking about some of the kooky things in the world, and I brought along an economic monologue today about superstitions. Uh, it's the 21st century, right? Enough with the horseshoes and the 13th floor already. Right. It's time to move as a culture towards the truth. Scientology. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, he's moved to California. It was a matter uh, of time. They got him. Uh, they got him. <laughs> they got him. Uh, a four-leaf clover is supposed to be lucky. Uh, it's got to be the only genetic mutation that's considered good luck, right? You never see a three-armed kid named Lucky. No. Uh, no, that's true. Uh, uh, rabbit's foot, that's good luck. Well, it depends on your point of view, I guess. Try asking the rabbit. Yeah. Uh, oh, look, look, your foot's dangling from the dash of my Honda. That's You're a lucky so, badger. So weird. <laughs> Such a weird thing. It is weird. It's uh, very weird. All of these are weird if you really think about them. If you break a mirror, that means seven years of bad luck. That's pretty steep. Seven years? What is this, mandatory sentencing? Exactly. <laughs> is there a powerful mirror lobby? How did we get such a strong... Uh, mirror lobby, really? <laughs> <laughs> mirror okay. lobby. Uh, here's a classic. Step on a crack, break your mother's back. Uh, well, that makes for a relaxing walk home from school. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're not stressed enough, right? Yeah. Outrunning the bullies isn't hard enough. Now, one small misstep, my mom never walks again. I totally remember as a little kid, like, stepping on a crack and, like, being very yeah. worried about my mom. <laughs> my mom's back. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're certainly freaked out about the number 13, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this is true. Uh, around 80% of high-rises lack a 13th floor. Yep. yep. Do, do the evil spirits not know what floor it really is? <laughs> 14 my ass. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> that should be the name on the elevator. 14 my ass. 
Well, well, some of them put that as the place that they store things. And, oh, 13th floor? Yeah, or really? that's where right. the, the maintenance hangs out. Yeah, is it's, it's hard to sell that floor, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, a girl standing under mistletoe cannot refuse a kiss by anyone who claims the privilege. This was clearly before the Me Too movement. Yeah. 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 God. Gross. <laughs> a, a dirty old man from another era. Ew. Uh, <laughs> <Ralph> you, Franken? <laughs> Joe Biden? Joe Biden? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a little hair Plenty to choose from. Uh, if you blow out your candles on your birthday cake in the first puff, you get your wish. Uh, especially if you wish for everyone to catch your cold. That's nice. Yeah, very <laughs> nice. Very pleasant. Uh, bad luck to walk under a ladder. Now, this came, this is fascinating to me. I didn't know this. This came from the early belief that a leaning ladder formed a triangle with the wall and the ground, and you must never violate the Holy Trinity by walking through a triangle. That's what it's from? <laughs> yeah. Really? Lest you be in league with the devil. Like, uh, that's pretty no. strong language. Yeah. Right? League that is crazy. <laughs> I thought it was just like, dude, you're going to trip that thing and someone's going to fall. Like, it seems yeah. like a practical right. note. Yeah. You didn't think you were in league no, with no. the devil? But yeah. No. <laughs> just assume like that. Focus, focus. Tag team match. <laughs> it's kind of a given. Uh, yeah. It's bad luck to see your bride on the wedding day. Well, it's not bad luck exactly, but you're going to see her so much. <laughs> oh, hell. Now I push it. God. Yeah. Take the one last day off. <laughs> I wonder if it had anything to do with that she's such a nervous and such a wreck that she, the last thing you want to do is see her. Mm. Or yeah, could right, it be you know. that the groom is so hungover from the bachelor party the night before <laughs> right. yeah, that yeah. it gave him a chance to not be green around the gills? I don't know. Maybe uh, that's good, yeah. What are you looking at me for? I went to a Twins a game. To wash the glitter off his face. That's good. That's good. You know, that's what I did on my bachelor party. You know what we did for my bachelor party? What's that? Went to a Twins game. That's how oh, exciting that's good. I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kent Herbeck threw glitter in my face. It was unbelievable. I heard he uh, gave you a hell of a lap dance. Yeah, he gave you a Kent Herbeck lap dance, baby. I'm ready. Uh, Kent, I'm ready for you. Did he wear the gloves? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ish. Men are so stupid to do a bachelor party the night before. Like, yeah. do it the week before, two weeks before. Like, you can't show up all smelling like tequila. It can barely keep your eyes open. That's stupid. True. Yeah. Uh, here you go. This is a weird one. The spouse who goes to sleep first on the wedding night will be the first to die. What? what? I've never even heard this one. How <laughs> old is this yeah. one? I, I dug this up. So so now the wedding night is a waiting game. You're slurping <laughs> coffee and trash talking each other. He <laughs> said, <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> exactly. Uh, if you use the same pencil to take the test you used when studying for the test, the pencil re- will remember the answers. I totally believe that. That is to be a... I tried that with the same brain and it didn't work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Here's another one of this that I'd never heard, the same concept. If three people are photographed together, the one in the middle will die first. Oh, my God. What? So many people dying. (laughs) A lot of people dying. I'm going to have to dig out all our photos. (laughs) Yeah. See what's happening. Yikes. Flip through an old photo album and sleep tight, everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, I was in the middle of four times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
bad luck will follow the spilling of salt unless a pinch is thrown over the left shoulder yep. into the face of the devil. Did you know the last part? Oh, I didn't know the face of the devil part. If the face of the devil is waiting over your shoulder, maybe the salt spill isn't your biggest problem. <laughs> yeah, what have to agree with you. I'm nervously throwing salt over my shoulder all the time I throw now. salt over my shoulder every single time I use salt. You really? Do? Yep. It's funny how these little things sort of grow and stick with us. And, yeah, you know, I don't know. Knocking on wood. And... I didn't know about the devil thing. See? So he's not yeah. around me at all anymore. <laughs> yeah, Too many times. Got no devil. He's like, enough of her. And apparently it's only left shoulder, so be yeah, careful. It's left shoulder you know, with your sure. right hand. Left shoulder. Is that right? Yep. Well, it'd be kind of hard, right? Because you can do it, but yeah. you look like a weirdo. Your left shoulder with your right hand. <laughs> well, well, this get is it right. more normal. Here's one. Cover your mouth when you yawn, or your soul can go out of your body. Good. It's about of, time. I've People. Heard of that. <laughs> you shut your mouth for Christ's sake. I thought it was after coffee was invented. I God. didn't know that. God, I, I hate it when people lean back and yawn. They go, like, Jesus. <laughs> Tighten that thing up, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Tighten that thing up, well, will whatever. ya? Yapper. <laughs> what you mean even? a mouth? Tighten that thing up a little. <laughs> Tighten it up. Oh. Dude, tighten up. He's fine. Uh, here's, here's a couple of kooky ones. A frog brings good luck to a house that it enters. See? No, absolutely uh, not. See? Absolutely not. Burn no it down. Frog. Burn it down. Burn the house Throw down salt in its face frog. and set it on fire. No. Oh, that's nice. That's genteel. No. I'm a horrified of frogs. I think if a frog can easily leap into your house, you could use a little good luck. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, how about this one? A dry, the dried body of a frog worn in a silk bag around your neck averts epilepsy. What? Uh, Where did they yeah. go? The and dried body of a frog <laughs> worn in a silk bag around your neck. They make medications for that now. We came across a dead frog this week. I should have put it in a silk bag yes. and tied it around my noun. Where, where did Dana town. throw that? <laughs> we have to go find yeah. that dead frog. <laughs> Think of all the people oh we can help. God. So weird. Think of all the people no we can help. Here. Are, are there any baseball ones? Uh, I didn't see a baseball one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. there's. it's weird how no, many Alex of these things, they sort of eke into our lives and they stay there. The knocking on wood and the right. black yeah. cat crossing your path and... The knocking on uh, wood is like the forest nymphs, right? Or something about forest nymphs? Yeah, I think, isn't it Irish? <laughs> what I saw was it's an old Gaelic thing associated with spirits that are associated with trees. But, you know, again, these are hard to ferret out exactly how and why they came to be. Uh, no umbrellas inside and yeah. fighting over a wishbone. When I was so a this kid... Is, when I oh, was a ahead. kid, you touched the every time you drove <laughs> yeah, by a car like that was big. that had a headlight out, you touched the ceiling and said "padiddle." Yeah. Oh yeah, yep. What padiddle? That that's right. Padiddle. What are you yep. talking? about? You're making it up as you go. Nope. Did you talk to Kostaki before nope. the show? Padiddle. Let's and, do the padiddle. And Michael, lie. every single time we're in a car and he sees one, he kisses his hand and touches the ceiling of the so car. So what does he see? And he's it's a if a car is driving towards you with a headlight out, a cyclops. But then if they have padiddle. a tail light out, you say padoodle. I've never heard of it. Oh, for Christ. Yeah. I had to go to bed. When I was a kid. <laughs> Greg, Greg, comedian Greg Hahn has a reference to this in his act. He talks about this. Oh, really? It, it, 
And Punch Bug. Did you do that one? Yeah, yep, Punch Buggy. What's Punch Bug? Uh, yeah. Slug a VW bug? Beetle. A VW yeah. Beetle. Oh. You punched him in the shoulder. They even make those slug anymore? Bug. We call slug it Slug Bug. Right in the eye. No, the reason why I asked for about the baseball one because I was in baseball, you're not supposed to step on the white line. Right. You step oh, yeah. over it, but you don't step you, over. You don't step, step on, on it. it. It's bad luck, but I've never oh. found out why it's bad luck. Don't step on the. It's the. It's the baseline. You're supposed to stay in the baseline, but you're just a little off the baseline. No, it, when you're running into the dugout or running onto the field. You're not supposed uh, okay. to step, step on over crossing it. it. Right. There's a lot of superstition amongst ball players. Oh, yeah. All kinds. Don't change your right. jock strap. Yeah. 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 Or your lucky what? Socks. Socks. Yeah. Right. Can you wash the jock strap? Some don't. Oh, Some that's don't. really fun. Please Believe me, the them. guy who jockey. washed those items, some didn't. Uh, for the greatest empire. Ball one, and I don't mean the pitch. I mean your <laughs> upside. Yeah, yeah. Or, or the other one, a pitcher's got a uh, no hitter going. Nobody can talk to him at that point. Yeah, you can't talk to oh, him anymore. No. He, he he becomes the guy at the end of the bench that yep. nobody will talk to nobody him. Nobody talking to him. And he's just like, what? That's kind of a fun tradition. I like that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Or uh, nobody can say the game is going really fast. As soon as you say that, slows down. You ruin the momentum. Yep, the brakes will hit, and you'll be there all night. There you go. That's all you right? need to know. It's like traffic Dan- is light, right yeah. around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Dan- everything stops. In dance, you weren't allowed to tell people good luck. Yeah, break a leg. Yeah, in dance, you couldn't you say good say- luck. Why not? Because then you jinxed it, and it'll be a terrible performance. You could say merde, which is good luck in French, but not good luck. Merit is turd in French. No, it's not. <laughs> Merit is poop. Merit is not poop in French. Look it up. Oh, okay, hold on. Oh, maybe I'll you let... could say poop. M E R D E. Is that all you're saying? Okay. How do you say poop in French? <laughs> here we go. How do you say poop? We're here in to French? serve the public. So all we do is educate around <laughs> here. It's caca. It's caca. poop. Well, it's caca. In French, it's though, it's it's in French, it's caca. No, it's merit too. Oh, all right. Oh, wait. Lamerd, shit, crap, poop, damn turd. There you go. I told you. Crap, poop, damn turd. Well, maybe you could say poop. You could say lamerd. I was going to say merd means shit in French. Wow. Kostaki with his longest episode ever. (laughs) (laughs) He's just sitting here going, what the hell are you people talking about? What happened to my segment? What happened to my segment? I'm enjoying the poop infotainment over here. Well, I speak all the languages. Yeah. Hashtag the more you know. <laughs> and what is right, it in I'll Sicilian? Close on this. I, I, I think in life you get what you give and you make your own luck by being a good person and working hard. But as an experiment, I've got a pocket full of four leaf clovers and rabbit's feet and frog's bodies. <laughs> sure. uh, I'm going sure. to break a mirror with a black cat under a ladder on the 13th floor just to see what happens. Yeah. Love it. Sprinkle and, some uh, salt on that baby. Let's yeah. test that's right. Throw some salt. And I'm hanging some mistletoe on the small of my back so the face of the devil could kiss my ass. Love it. Hey-o. Love it. <laughs> that works for me. Nice. Oh my gosh. Nice. <laughs> so I will uh, I'll go on another bike ride I'll report back next week All right. No, a bike ride are you talking about bicycle or motorcycle bicycle it's, yeah, it's, it's, to get exercise. it's <laughs> you're not a motorcycle guy are you no. 
Not with the child. You know what? I'm so not, but I, I did own a motorcycle for about four or five years when I was in college in grad school. It was so convenient for parking around a big university. But not with a uh, child. You're not allowed to have by. Uh, it's been a while. That's right. I. You know what? Ha- this is a true story. I, in 1993, I got my master's degree. And I moved home with my folks so I could afford to go make $200 a week telling jokes or whatever. And my parents witnessed a motorcycle accident a few months prior and later on the news found out that the guy died. Oh. So, so when I moved home, I sold my motorcycle because I knew I couldn't walk into the house with a helmet over no. and over again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I've... I once rented a motorcycle since, and it happened to be in Minneapolis when I was really? there. At my, I was with my wife. Uh, she turned 40, and we went all out. We did all these crazy adventurous things. We rode a Harley over to the Twin Cities and had a hot air balloon ride, uh, and we did a bunch of, like, cool things around. We did a uh, – if you've, if you've never done a Segway tour in Minneapolis, you have to you have to go. It's one of the great things. I actually Mom's have. was leaded by Eileen Forward, I remember. It, uh, that's funny. Eileen <laughs> <laughs> there, Forward. There's a three-hour three Segway tour that yep. goes, like, around all – it's so cool. It's, yep. it's Up and a, down the river. beautiful – yeah, up and down the river. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. beautiful, and those things are ridiculously fun they and intuitive, fun. and they're way better than they look like they're going to be. They're really fun. I know. They look dorky, uh, but they're way fun. They are dorky, but yes. they're fun. They yeah. are dorky. As so many things in this life are. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Moped, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Chess, poker, many of my favorite activities are dorky and fun. All right, kids. Well, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Kostaki. Have a great week. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.